Do you believe in a higher power? What about a lower power? Maybe when you were a kid, you were scared to go to sleep because you were worried that something would take over your body. Well, we're going to talk about demons, dark entities, and more on today's episode. I'm your host, Ray Madrano, and welcome to Woo Woo. Sam Smith's 2023 Grammy performance. People commenting, posting, uh, calling it satanic, calling it open devil worship. And I want to talk about that today. Do you believe in demons? Do you think that they're real, that they live among us? What about handsome devils? Do they count? Or Tasmanian devils? I would love to find out what you think. If you could leave a comment down below or whatever you're listening to on, uh, don't forget to click like, review, follow. It would help me out a great deal. Now, currently, um, a demon, according to Wikipedia, is a malevolent supernatural entity. Stories about demons occur in religion, occultism, literature, fiction, mythology, and folklore as well as in media such as comics, video games, movies, anime, television series, and now apparently performances. Seems like a good a time as any to take a step over to my bookshelf because I guess I've had a devil hiding in my room the entire time. <laughs> we have Miranda Priestly. My devil only wears Prada. My little pop figure, uh, which is kind of ironic. I'm realizing now the spacing between, uh, like the devil is lower and then i have our lord and savior jesus christ above us who is watching over this podcast as we speak love him good guy all right we'll get back to the show now it is currently believed that the earliest um knowledge of demons goes all the way back to the paleolithic age did i say that right did i butcher that paleolithic age there we go and they believe that it stemmed from humanity's fear of the unknown. Now, part of my whole conversation starter uh, podcast, Welcome to Woo Woo, is about maybe technology and science um, not catching up to certain unexplained experiences. You know, you got to remember that at some point back in the day, they thought lightning came from some guy up in the clouds just hurling it out or you know, angels and demons battling in the clouds. And that was the result of it. And then eventually science caught up to everything, explained it now between charges of, you know, currents and uh, moisture, humidity, uh, between the clouds, the earth and the sky. Science eventually caught up with that explanation and we kind of nulled out the unknown and, and we took out the, the deities up there kind of hurling the lightning around. And that's kind of what I think about uh, the supernatural or, you know, certain occurrences. I think that demons and aliens and angels are all kind of the same thing. Now hear me out. I know it sounds crazy, 
But think about it. In occultism and religion literature, demons are beings that can sit around you and influence you or lure you to make bad decisions, maybe even possess you. Something where they take hold of your body and they sort of vacate your soul or your spirit and then they do things to you and they have their way or maybe they corrupt you or infect you. Aliens kind of get a rap for doing the same thing, right? Alien abduction kind of has reports of people being abducted, probed, studied, examined, possibly infected, possibly genetically mutated in some way, shape, or form. Now, these things are very similar. And I also throw angels out there in the sense that I feel like angel angelic presences could also be extraterrestrial in feeling. You know, once you start examining these things, you start to realize there's a similar frequency. Put that on hold really quick here. Sorry, I had to put my headphones on because I was having a hard time hearing. Um, anyway, so my belief is that these things exist on a spiritual, energetic uh, dimension or reality. I almost look at it as if in the spirit or the ether, you know, the, or sorry, in the spiritual dimension or the astral plane or a different dimension. Um, it's almost similar to a primal force, a primal energy source. I can almost compare it to when we're swimming in the ocean with sharks, right? You don't want to mess with the sharks. You don't want to, you know, spill blood or splash out too much because certain sharks may be prompted or provoked to attack you. It's kind of like you don't necessarily want to go out into the woods during bear season because they're very territorial. You're not going to stroll up into their cave and expect them to cuddle you. And I think that demons kind of might exist on the same plane spiritually. For instance, say you're meditating or you happen to go into a certain space that has something like that in its zone right? It, it could attack you. It could latch on to you. It could become intrigued by you. I mean, and I say all this to stress, that I just don't mess with demons. I don't think it's wise to do it. Now, in some ritualistic occult practices, it is very common for people to reach out to them. You hear stories all the time of people selling their soul for fame. I don't think that translates to the literal performance uh, with devil horns and a red outfit at the Grammys. I think all of that is clickbait, attention-grabbing, um, and, and I think that anybody strong in their faith is going to see through that. It's all about the money. It's all about the publicity. It's all about starting the conversation and getting us to talk about it. But I am glad that the conversation is being had. I know in a lot of uh, biblical texts, and I haven't read the Bible front and back, cover to cover. I do know that there's a reference to Lucifer being a fallen angel, uh, that demons and devils are fallen angels that were cast out of heaven. 
this also kind of adds to the angel demon theory, right? I mean, if you look at wild animals, when you look at the animal kingdom, you have the bears, you have the tigers and the mountain lions, the felines, the wolves, the hyena, like you have all of these, and then you have the water creatures, right? You have the sharks, you have the squids, you have the jellyfish, but you have all sorts of dangers on land. You have all sorts of dangers in the water, in the deep ocean. Why would the spiritual side not be the same, right? Why would other dimensions not be the same? Some creatures like dolphins have helped humans. Uh, if they were drowning, whales, you, you hear instances of whales kind of, you know, pulling people up and, and pulling them to safety. And then you have stories of shark attacks. What I'm really saying is, please, please, please don't cozy up with demons um, unless you truly know what you're doing. You've done your research spiritually, physically. And it's not to say that demons are bad. I think they're largely misunderstood, but again, it's not something that I want to spend my energy or my time investigating, but it's definitely worth talking about. You know, something that I didn't even think about until this topic came up is how I kind of owe my career uh, as a makeup artist and effects makeup artist in film and television to a demon. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I didn't sell my soul. Like I said, I, I don't mess with demons um, spiritually. But there was a movie back in 1973 called The Exorcist. Now, this movie had a profound effect on me. A, it scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid. And I don't think I was ever meant to discover this movie it was one of those things that my parents were watching and my aunts and uncles and you know we were supposed to be in bed and they were watching the movie in the living room i snuck out of my room because i wanted to see what was going on and i happened to walk in at the point that linda blair's head was spinning around on itself i'm the holy spirit so fascinated. I don't know if you guys are like me, where you get um, you get scared of something, so you research it to death. Like you, you, you become obsessed with it almost in a way to take the fear out of it. Well, that's kind of what happened uh, to me with that film. I remember going to the video store. You know, that was a thing you used to do back in the day in the 80s and 90s. It was a huge deal to go to the video store and check out a VHS tape or DVD and rent a movie. And I remember being so obsessed with The Exorcist because I was determined to watch that movie and not be scared. And it took many times of watching it to get through it, finally. Just, uh, I, I was obsessed with it. And it was kind of one of those, like, once a year, you know, I would try to watch it and I wasn't, like, big enough or old enough. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't mature enough to get through the movie. Um, and, and my parents didn't like this at all. My parents are hardcore Catholics. I mean, they watched it maybe the once or twice. Um, so they were probably a little freaked out as to why their son kept wanting to occasionally rent The Exorcist from the movie store. So eventually, I watched The Exorcist all the way through. Then I found out there was a sequel. There was a number three. That one scared the crap out of me too. 
And then there was like multiple prequels and, you know, all through it though, once I realized that it was fake, it was a movie, it was storytelling, I remember being so fascinated, like how did that little girl's head spin completely around or how did she throw up all of this green goo? And then I discovered special effects makeup. <laughs> I watched behind the scenes um, things. I read articles. I saw clips and videos. Honestly, legendary makeup effects artist Dick Smith was largely responsible for my interest in this as a career. I remember freaking out over the part where Linda Blair, her her throat started like swelling like a, a giant bullfrog. And there was also a part where welts, uh, I think it said help me on her skin, just started raising up, uh, getting chills now just thinking about it. Terrified me to many nightmares, <laughs> but also inspired me. Like I kept thinking, how the hell did they do that? How on earth? Did that happen? You know, let alone like her body flipping around all over the place. I mean, there were so many fantastic, iconic things about it that made it so freaking scary, but also so fascinating. And then you find out that it was based on a book uh, that was written based on a true story about a, a child that was possessed. Okay, y'all, don't judge my phone cover. It's uh, it's had it's seen better days. All right, so we have the original Exorcist uh, is the story of Roland Doe. In 1949, priests performed an exorcism on a boy referred to as Roland Doe, a.k.a. Roland Hunkeller. Now, here's where the whole Ouija thing kind of comes into play with this type of story. Now, when he was about 13 years old, young Roland had an aunt who delved into a lot of mysticism, mediumship, uh, dealt with communing with spirits, yada, yada, yada. Now it's reported that shortly after Aunt Harriet passed away, Roland started hearing scratching and noises all around the house. He thought that it was his Aunt Harriet trying to make contact with him from the other side. And so naturally he took a chip off the old block from Aunt Harriet and tried to get in contact with her using the Ouija board. Leaky pipes happened, and apparently they were happening in weird occurrences around the house. Uh, one of the more troubling aspects of this story was when his bed started moving on its own. So now all this is going on. The family is clearly disturbed by all of Roland's accounts and everything that he's reporting. So they take him to the doctor, and the doctor sends him to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist also suggests that maybe they get in contact with their Lutheran church, and that minister referred them to Jesuits. You know, it's a whole chain of like, we don't know, you know, like, we're not, we're not dealing with that. We don't know what's going on. <clears throat> So it was finally decided that a local Catholic priest was going to attempt, after permission was seeked by the Roman Catholic Church, to do an exorcism. Now, for the exorcism, they strapped the boy to the bed. Here's where it gets downright scary. During one of the rites, young Roland somehow popped out a spring from the mattress. He broke free and took the spring and slashed one of the priests. Naturally, the priest 
probably freaked out. They had to stop the exorcism and they left it unfinished. A few days later, red marks appeared on the boy's skin and it spelled out Louis or Louise, um, L-O-U-I-S. Apparently that meant St. Louis where the Hunkler family had relatives. So one of their cousins was attending St. Louis University at the time, and they put them in touch with a Jesuit father who was then able to perform another exorcism on young Ronald. Now it was during this second attempt at an exorcism did the boy accumulate scratches on his body, but again also more reports of the mattress uh, flipping and sliding all over the place. Now they also noted that at this time, Ronald was acting normal during the day, but then at night is when he would have wild outbursts. Among the screaming and the outbursts, Ronald would also go into a trance-like state, and he would speak in a guttural voice that sent shivers down everyone's spine. It did not sound like Ronald. The priests said that they would see things flying off the shelves uh, in Ronald's presence, and they also said that anytime Ronald saw anything holy or sacred, like a cross or a crucifix or rosary, that he would react like a wild animal, scared of it. It was repelling him and would even cause injury to him. Again, like I said, if I sound like a broken record, you've heard all of this stuff before. A lot of this stuff was featured in the film The Exorcist. Almost all of it made it in, but there were actually some things that happened that didn't. One of the priests allegedly saw an X scratch appear onto Ronald's chest. In another incident, they saw pitchfork-like scratch marks going from the boy's thighs down to his ankle. These sort of things happened almost every single night for a month straight. Now, remember when we were talking about the X that appeared on the boy? Now, priests believed that he was actually possessed by 10 demons, that the X represented the Roman numeral for 10. So these two priests never gave up. They kept going after it night after night, trying to exorcise the boy from these demons. And finally, one night in March, the exorcism reached an unhealthy new level. Poor Ronald urinated all over himself, all over the bed. Um, he became wild outbursts of slurs and, and cursing and profanities happened and his family basically had had enough. They wanted to try more serious treatment so they took him to the hospital, Alexian Brothers Hospital to be exact. Now on April 18th, a miracle occurred. It was the Monday after Easter and Ronald woke up with seizures. He yelled at the priests saying that Satan was going to take control of his body forever. He also said that Satan would always be with him and never leave him. Now, around 1045 that evening, they had laid every religious relic they could possibly find on Ronald's body. Rosaries, crucifixes, holy water, like, you name it, they put it on him or around him. Now, the priests called upon St. Michael to expel Satan from the boy's body. They said that St. Michael would battle Satan day in and day out for the eternal protection of this boy's soul. Seven minutes later, Ronald came out of his trance-like state. When young Ronald came out of his trance, he said, he's gone. 
the boy recounted how he had seen a vision of St. Michael battling Satan in this epic fight and cast him out of his body. After that night, all of the episodes stopped with young Roland. No seizures, no signs of possession, no bodily harm, no acting out of sorts. I would definitely call that a miracle indeed. Now, I feel like with all the medical advances and the advances of technology, we don't really hear stories like that anymore. It's not to say that people don't experience them. I feel like there's way more uh, methods to treating mental health. And also with the advanced technology of cell phones, cameras, audio equipment, if those things were happening in the modern world, man, I would really love to see the video on that. You know, just to compare makeup notes to make sure I'm being factual to the situation. Just kidding. So I guess, do I really believe demons exist? I feel like it's a frequency thing. I feel like there's an energy and a frequency in the spiritual world or in a different dimension that could be labeled demonic. But I don't think that they can possess you. I don't think that they have that sort of power. I feel like it just becomes one of those energetic things out there that you just don't want to get entangled with. You know, could it be a bad influence on you? Could it make you do bad things or say things or act out in a way that you don't want to act out in or wouldn't normally? Possibly. But I do know for sure, I don't want to find out. <laughs> Whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, be it on YouTube or Spotify or Apple, please give me a review, give me a like, help get me out there. If you guys are interested in more about this topic, please let me know and maybe we can do a future podcast with an expert. That would be really cool. I've really enjoyed my time with you today. I hope you guys have as well. Until next time, Wu family. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Outtakes. Oh.